You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. What up? Let's go. Uh this is my new Christmas gift. I'm, I can watch this on I'm TV. I'm just typing. Huh? Is this TV? Wait. I'm just typing something. Keep talking, Andy. Okay. So the donut market this week is delicious. Dive in with both feet. You got, <laughs> hey, you guys think I should wear my hat so I match and look all like hipster cool video guy? Like all these other morons? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You wear hats to uh, business meetings. I don't quite understand that concept. What is it, Nick? I haven't. I only wear. If you honestly see me wearing a hat, it's because I haven't showered yet, or I've got something else going on that day. You've uh, you've worn a hat quite a few times on this show. So yeah, I'm wondering. exactly. Hey, it's whenever it snows, I got to go do the driveway. So there's that. You know. Did you hear, you know, that Sam Bankman fried, the guy that the FTX exchange? So he would do meetings with big investors and he'd play video games and his hair would be all over the place. And they like saw it as like, oh, he's just a genius. Like, let's give him millions of dollars. But every meeting he had, he'd be playing like a video game on the computer and get millions from people. It's crazy. Wow. So maybe you should do that. <laughs> so you're saying this is the way to go. <laughs> yes. Andy, yeah, I can. Put... I'm in. I'm wearing it. I'm. I look super genius right now. Wait, <laughs> put it down. So you look like I'm really thinking hard. I, Sorry, I think guys. I could really design a good hat for you. I'm good at designing hats. Yeah, I. Uh, it doesn't matter. You need more of kind of a, a trucker hat, kind of weathered hat feel. I need the. Uh, I think I need the old man sun hat. The just the big. Oh. <laughs> the big. Uh, what are the grass hats? That would match your flip-flops. It's perfect. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it is. What are you, hey, uh, Andy. What are you guys up to today? Yeah, so Andy, Chris was talking about, you see in the back right here, my $10 a night room in Chiang Mai. I'm back in Thailand. You put a okay. key in the electric box, so then it turns on, right? So you don't waste any electricity. If you don't have the key in there, if you leave, like everything turns off. That's how they save money. What do you think about that, huh? Saving the environment. Do you like that? I, I think it's kind of actually kind of cool. There, um, I'm gonna install that in my kids' bathroom um, for water and for uh, the fans and the. I, I, well, years ago, you're talking to a guy who put everything on timers because they'd leave stuff on for days and they'd leave the water running. And I'm like, oh my god, you guys! So I first thing I did was I put in a a, a faucet that once it would hit temperature, um, it would shut off. And then you'd have to you have to pull a string and that turns the shower back on and it runs for so long and it shuts off again. And then you have to pull it again and it'll run for so long. I mean, it runs for like three minutes or whatever. But I'm like, screw my kids, man. They would let this water just run for hours. I'm like, no, not at my house. You do it at your house when you get one. And the other thing was they'd leave the lights on and the fans. So I put everything on timers. So they literally walk in and they have a limited amount of time. They're welcome there. I've been slapped with that many times, like uh, with living in Europe. They're like, why do you leave this light on? Why? I mean, the every like it's just for a couple of seconds. They're like, no, turn it off. Like they're really 
you know, saving money and, and yeah, in an American way, it's just like, what do you mean? Like it takes more time to turn the light on and off than, you know, to, to leave it on. Right. And so right. it is interesting. I'm, I'm glad hotels do that. I'm what glad Nick's about? learning. Jeez. I should have done what Andy did. Yeah. Morgan. I took long showers and Morgan's terrible, terrible too. So. I think every kid is. Yeah. I guess they got to move know, to I just, Shanghai. I, I, I'm a problem solver, guys. Sorry. You are. I think that one would. That one's going. That one's going a little far, though. Oh my God! I'm so much taller than you. I have to. I have to shrink. There we go. Otherwise, I can come closer. Yeah. And I was. I was really diving in there because yeah. you were. While I was typing, you were talking about something about donuts, and I didn't. I want to know what you were really doing there. I want you to pay attention. I know, I know. No, you know, so it comes right down to where, like, some of those practices, I think we, we don't necessarily do them with new construction yet. But, boy, I think that's a great way to do it. I've recommended several times to people, you know, when they're building their new houses for kids to do what I taught, even with the bathroom fans and things like that, because you want the fan to be on, and they forget to turn the fan on, and all of a sudden you have a mildew problem in your bathroom or whatever. So it's like even having that motion sensor like they do at hotels, where the light and the fan just comes on when you're in there, when you're not in there, it shuts off. Um, not, not, I don't think a horrible idea. I think it's actually really smart. Yeah, I do too. Hey, uh, the market, how's the market doing? And it's uh, three, three yesterday, three inquiries to have me show up at, at their house and tell them what's up. We're, we're starting to get busy. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, obviously we had to, we had to have these holidays and then observe them again. I don't get that whole thing. Is that just so something made up so you could just get another day off of work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't, uh, it's, it's made up by the people that wear these. Yeah. I was I was told that, well, no, you're not supposed to work today. Well, yeah, that's fine. You just don't get paid. It's pretty simple. If you don't work, you don't get paid in our industry. Yeah, but Chris, you and I are the same guys that also will show up at your house on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock to do a market analysis when we're supposed to have the day off too. You know what I mean? So it's like a day off. Let's talk about that. How does a realtor get a day off? Actually, you really can. And I really try to do it a lot more now, but I just bundle all my appointments. And so yeah. I, I get a little smarter rather than saying, Hey, just tell me when I can come over and we'll, we'll get her done. Basically say, you know what? I could do it Thursday and then and, and Friday between this time. And it sets it up. So you just you're grouping them together. It took me a long time to figure that out, Andy. Well, you know, I I've been doing that. That or the um, I have days where like I'm in the office all day long, or I'm out of the office all day long. And like you said, you just become more efficient with your time. And when you're out and about, and you're you know you're uh, meeting with everybody and cruising along, um, you you become more efficient um, with your time as well. Um, I find that in my office with these like Zoom meetings, I have quite a few of them because if you really think about it, you could cover your marketing. Um, you can cover what you do as a real estate agent if you had to um, online. And then when you come out to the house is when you give the suggestions as to, you know, the improvements that could be made to increase values or whatever. So I think that as our world evolves, people after COVID don't like people in their houses. They just don't. And it's like to get an appointment on a phone um, you know, I mean, there's so many different ways to communicate now. It's crazy. And usually it's the last thing I do. It's almost like where I go out there with listing paperwork, verify the house is as nice as I think it is. And then we're signing autographing, uh, contracts and getting the relationship started. And then we start marketing. So 
it's it's definitely you know for sure modified itself yeah yeah the last few years have done a lot of different things to this real estate market but i don't think i mean there's a lot of just like that what you're talking about i think that's a good thing i mean it just it makes it a lot more um i don't know it's just it's so much better from uh running from here to there to there to there it's just i don't know i just think it's i love it i love it way better i mean you used to be able to talk but you couldn't see them and i think just talking and seeing and seeing how people react and what their eyes are doing uh it's a lot easier to do it that way than on a phone so yeah yeah well i think it was, it was something like it was a crazy amount of people that were um you know i was reading all these of course you know me during the holidays i'm reading all these you know, new trends and statistics and whatever. And talking about the amount of people that don't want to talk on the phone, it's staggering. It's even the people like our age now are starting to say, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, if I don't know that number, I'm not answering my call. And, and if they call you twice, you might answer because you're you know concerned of an emergency. But if you're a younger individual, you don't even answer if they call you three times. And so it's a texting, it's a messaging, it's, you know, there's, there's alternative sources that have to be tapped. Because otherwise you're not going to be communicating with your clients, you know? Yeah. I think to me, it's more about um, the type of conversation you're going to have the way I want to choose it. So if it's just like bing, bang, Hey, we've got a, let's, let's set up a time in which to be able to talk. I don't think I need to talk to him on the phone because you start talking about a bunch of things and just set that meeting up and move on. But there's some people that have to call just to say, Hey, let's set up a call to be able to talk again. And, uh, and that gets difficult. But again, in our life, we have to do what our clients want to do. And, uh, but vice versa, we should be able to do that. On the other hand, but we got people that are uh, soliciting work from us as well. I think they, they just, you know, usually the interview quote, the interview is, is there because they don't know you or they, they haven't met you yet, or they haven't, you know, they're still trying to figure out who you are. Um, and are you the right person for the job for them? And, and a lot of times when it comes down to it, it's interesting how we get hired, but let's say you're best friends, you get along on every level, but you suck at marketing. Why would they hire you? You know what I mean? So it comes down to where I think there needs to be a little bit of a flash of the resume as to what you've done, what you do, what your marketing campaign is. And then, and by the way, we're, we're pleasant with each other. Let, let's work together. Right. So it's like one of those weird, I don't know, multi-stepped, but different Did I answer your question, Nick, about the uh, switch? <laughs> Nick needs to unmute himself so then we can hear him. You did, Andy. I found a very informative uh, social media post, and I want to kind of go over it, looking into the trends of 2023. So oh. we'll start it off uh, with this post and tell me uh, what do you guys think of it. Whoa. Oh, this must be real. If someone like that posted it, let's see. Modern transition, modern modern transitional. Wow, Andy, look has really grown on me. Do you love it or hate it? Well, I think Depends I could do without that. Right above the fireplace. I think I could do without above the fireplace. But I like the rest uh, of it. Me being totally honest with you, anytime they get crazy with their wood, where it's not horizontal or vertical it actually visually bothers me but that's that was even back when it was cool you know what i mean like you'd have the cabin and they do the the cedar siding at an angle and i'm like 
I've never uh, thought that was. So Andy, how about this? So okay. you have a modern transitional type house. You're going over in which to sell it. Yep. And here's the thing is that there's a certain buyer that loves that, you know, that absolutely loves it. So do you, do you prepare it as what it was meant to be or try to include the most amount of people out there to be able to kind of like, okay, bring that picture up again, Nick. So if I look at this and I say, okay, hey, this is this is cool. Um, and everything else I think looks good. And I just go in and say, hey, take down that wall with all that wood. Do you do that or do you not do that because you're trying to stay with the, the flavor of what that house is? We find we see this a lot in the mid-modern century type yeah. places. You, you know, um, I might even ask someone if it really bothered me because it is such a focal point of that house um would you have it painted for an example and that seems to be the the most popular alternative when they don't like something that's wood they they have it painted so you know that that's something that neutralizes it um you know that would make it definitely look different without but again it's it to me personally it's the lines it's the angle of the lines that is something that throws me off a little bit if it was straight up and down Shiplap, that was kind of the cool thing a couple years ago. Um, I, I would leave it, you know, but I, I try to give it the shiplap, even though it's older, two years old out of style, but cool. But that's the modern. That's what they were trying to create when they built these this era of homes. And so it, it is. It's, it's a real interesting thing and in how you, um, you know, suggest to a client what to do because the money, you're going to get the most money from someone that loves that everything about it. So that's from the design. And that that design might also be incorporated in the exterior of the home as well, at least some pieces of it. And so it's you gotta be careful from a realtor standpoint. And I think from a, a consumer standpoint, if I had kind of a original type house, I would have more than one realtor be coming over too. Yeah. And just try to get their opinions and see what the best route in which to go is and to see if they know, I mean, what I just talked about. I mean, do they do they understand what that type of design is all about? Or, you know, it's just it's a very interesting and you can screw it up in a second. You really can. We, we do have, uh, by the way, um, I, I've, our team has a, a go to color consultant. And they're, they're kind of on point with trends, their interior decorator team that has someone that all they do is analyze colors and what works well with other colors. And that's a consultation fee that if I was confused for a customer as a which way to go, um, I think the most important thing as a real estate agent is this. I don't have to know everything, but I have to know what doesn't work. And so if I know something doesn't work, that's where I'll actually bring in another consultant or an expert to help as part of our team to help guide that seller because you're doing yourself a disservice. If, if also we're going into this house and somebody says, my God, that's going to be a $10,000 project to fix that fireplace. You don't want somebody walking into that house to have to worry about that project. You want to either have it redecorated, repurposed, or, you know, like I said, unfortunately cleaned up sometimes. Sometimes you might want to just take that paneling down to take that confusion away, sheetrock up the front of that fireplace, but that could cost you three, four grand. You know what I mean? So, you just you just don't know um, until you get there. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think that leads us into kind of with the whole what is happening in 2023. And I think one of the interesting things, and I heard this, gosh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, 
um, about the whole white on white, gray, all of that kind of stuff is, is moving on <laughs> from Minnesota, just from the fact that it doesn't really work in the winter, you know, and we definitely have winter here. And so there's some, a lot more softer beigey type things that uh, are, are back on in 23, 2023. So it's interesting going and watching and and seeing what's happening and it does it's and i i don't get it maybe maybe it's just because when these trends happen you just start seeing them all the time now you just want something a yeah. little different or you want something newer and uh which flips a trend and kind of it changes and all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh i used to really like that you know bring that back what do you think well just you know and, and who's getting who let me be honest here we we've had a lot of our influence on design and and taste come from the Wall Street builders, the big national builders that come in and are trying to be price sensitive, right? So they they buy products like this, you know, the it's fiberboard and it's it's painted and they don't have the option to have real wood trim in the house because they're using sawdust that's glued together with a paper face on it, it's painted. It, 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 it literally is like the garbage from a uh, the, the uh, furniture mills or whatever and they make, they make trim boards out of it. And everybody's, oh, you're crazy, Andy, no. I go take a piece of it, look at the side of it. And we've all seen that before, that particle board um, style trim. Well, that was what was happening. And then instead of hollow core wood doors, they went to hollow core. Basically, they look like a plastic door that's hollow core and it's white. And so that neutral color there, but I love the whites. I want white. Do you? I mean, honestly, God, because in a design perspective, you know, trim in houses used to be woodwork and accentuating natural materials from from nature right bringing in that warmth bringing in that texture bringing in that color and what was happening was you're bringing outside inside and then now you have all these people saying i want neutral neutral white white well it, it gets boring and then you realize my my gosh i can't even fix this with paint anymore i have to use wallpaper i have to use new flooring well at that point in time you know a, a lot of the mid to upper builders still use wood um they might do white cabinets or they might do something that's accented white but they don't use the the cheaper trims they'll use like real wood that's painted right so yeah anyway. I, th I think that kind of plays off what i don't know i've talked about a lot where i was anti do everything you can for resale versus living in something that you enjoy and that it it might cost you and you might have to come in and and retrim. I mean, if you, if everything changes, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to rip this trim out and do it. That's not the end of the earth. It's really not that huge of a deal in which to be able to do that. It might be as easy to do that than it is to be able to strip all the white off of normal wood and then stain it and then have it redone. Rather than just rip it off and 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 do it the right way. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there's uh, I think there's always going to be a, a taste for people. Um, with different types of designs and eras. And what you have to do is obviously, you know, they don't, they don't talk about, you know, oak, cherry, and uh, veneer wood or MDF wood. They talk about location, location, location. So right. as long as you got the location, I mean, you're gonna be okay. Sure. Amazing. Okay, hey, I got uh, a cool little Reddit thread. Um, I want you guys to go over it and, and chat about it. But first of all, it's going to be brought to you by Chris Rooney, Home Experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, 
rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. Okay. So basically, this is a Reddit thread um, from the real estate <clears throat> subreddit. It says, what is something your current home has shown you is a must not have in your next house? So we're going to go through the comments and then I want you guys to discuss it. Okay. Okay. First one, busy street. Location, location, location. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that one's, that one's an obvious one to me. Well, I think that there's, you know, depending on the age of your uh, family, maybe you have young children and that, that street can be a safety issue. Um, you know, sometimes uh, like my, my daughter actually out of college, she's on a road that's fairly busy. And uh, for them, it's just backing out of the driveway and not getting clipped by somebody not paying attention while they're doing a swig on their coffee or something, you know? So like that to me adds to the value um, that when you buy a house, that's on a busy road. You need to buy that house correctly. Um, just like when you sell your house, somebody's going to expect to buy it from you correctly, meaning that it should be a couple thousand less than a normal house on a cul-de-sac or whatever. But on the other hand, you know, some people like busy. They like to see commerce going by. Um, there's some people that love to just watch the action and I'm, I don't Ooh. know. That's not my Ooh. that's not my style, but I'd like to Chris, know who you're talking when you're, about. When you're 90 years old and we roll you up to the window to look outside and you're like, oh, look at the cars. Zoom, oh, zoom, there. zoom. That'll, that'll be what we'll do for you, Chris. I like it. That and donut out just outside the window. <laughs> what do you oh, mean? What do you mean when I get older? Yeah, when you might want to cart me over there right now. Boom. All right. No more laundry appliances in the kitchen, laundry room, or bust. Okay. So obviously yep. separate room, looking for more room, more um, uh, ease of use, and uh, not – well, I, I shouldn't say that. A lot of that's uh, washer and dryer stackable in the kitchen while you're doing some spaghetti and cooking up some sauce is pretty, pretty efficient, but – I mean, clothes laying around on your kitchen table is probably not super exciting. Well, I don't think people design their houses that way. I think their houses are designed with the laundry being in the basement. And then it goes back to 90-year-old Chris looking out the window. He doesn't want to go downstairs to do his laundry. So it's probably, where can we attach this to an existing water, you know, drain and hot and cold water? And that's probably why they locate them in the kitchen. Or it's a European thing, you know, where they, they actually just put it in a closet right in the kitchen. Let's talk about location of the laundry room. Where do you where do you like the location of your laundry room, Andrew? The, the location? I'd put it on the same level that you get dressed. Okay, so if you're, because a lot of builders are doing that. So if it's a two-story home, they put it up upstairs. Yep. I'll tell you what, this, this house is the first house that I've done it in. Now I'm doing it in the next one, uh, is in the master closet. Yep. And, it's, and it's a stackable, but it's, I mean... And I'll admit, I didn't do a lot of the the washing of clothes in our household, 
But I'll tell you what, now I do it a heck of a lot more. So much easier just to kind of throw it in and, and get it to the next stage in the dryer, then fold it and you put it right away or hang it. And uh, it is really nice. But when you do that, and obviously if you have other kids or you all, you need a second location. So we added another one in the lower level as well. So those bedrooms can use it. They're all I, when I was uh, just, I was just laying out some lake home ideas for a lot that I've got. And that's one of the things we were talking about is having two separate laundry um, areas. Um, you know, one for the outdoor towels and whatever I'm, I'm literally in the garage and then one on the main level. And then I go, God, you almost want to have one upstairs too. And I go, I'm not going to have three laundry rooms in my house, but that was the idea. You know, it's, it's funny. I've, uh, I've got it set up on the new one. I've got it set up for four laundry rooms. This wow. is four. you now doing the whole laundry and cleaning. Heck Chris? yeah, that's right. But it's more, it's more kind of like, it's really the lifestyle of this home that it's going to be that you needed those and just setting up the ability in which to have them. So, you know, like in me, everything in my life is for sale. So thinking about everyone else is, uh, is what I'm doing. And so you don't, what's the worst thing that can happen? You just don't use it. You know, you, you continue having it as a closet or it's in kind of in a back little area. They're not like your own little laundry room set up with folding right. tables and everything. They're closets, more stackable type stuff. We, we've done those two where in the, in the master will put in the, the, in the wall unit, the rough ends. So it's ready to go. If somebody wants it in the future, um, you know, I want to say it's like 1400 bucks. You can put in, even the disaster pan, if you want to, or you have the cutout ready to go. So they just have to cut the carpet in that closet, drop a disaster pan in, tuck it in and connect it. Cause a lot of times those disaster pans are not connected to the plumbing. Anyway, they run down to like a utility room and then they run onto the floor. And the only reason why they do that is because they don't want to actually have that connected to the sewer so that, you know, you have to keep putting water into it. So otherwise you'd have sewer gas coming up that pipe. Um, you know, they have the catch in there to catch. So the sewer doesn't do that. Um, so they just have it as a, an overflow emergency. Yeah. Uh, this terrible language. One bathroom. One bathroom. That's it our is hard. Two bathrooms. Yeah. You need, yeah, you, you want multiple bathrooms. I think a lot of times when I hear the whole one bathroom thing, it's more about guests. Um, guess everyone's using the same thing. I mean, that's your, that's your master. That's your kid's yeah. bath. That's what the guests use. And, and having that secondary bath, I think is a, is a big thing. It's also, I mean, any sort of family, you know, trying to get ready in the morning, if you're going to shower, you, you need more than just the one bathroom. We, we had a, uh, I sold a house. I want to say it was probably three years ago up in Zimmerman, beautiful custom built house rambler and it had dual masters um and the only thing that they shared was a, a double vanity in the middle uh between the two masters and it had its own showers had its own you know uh you know toilet rooms had its own air and closets the whole thing so it was literally and and this couple they were like oh we're gonna miss this this was the best thing we ever did for us because i can sleep and snore away and he doesn't have to hear me and you know and he's like you know and i like my privacy and i what and i'm like hey you know, you got it. You do you, right? So it's like whatever works out. But I think you're going to see more of that as, you know, our population seems to be aging. I don't know why people keep saying that, but it's true, um, you know, because we're aging with it. But um, it's 100 percent. And the people that can afford it are they're doing that. I mean, it's not like they 
it's not like they don't like each other, but I mean, yeah. getting a good night's sleep is a, is yeah. a whole other thing. Then you continue to like maybe that person. Uh, all right. My uh, new neighbors are a punk polka band who practice damn near every evening. Hellish neighbors, right? Well, that's going to be hard to figure out your next house because you might be a punk. What What was that? A punk, punk polka, polka band? Wow. That sounds like an interesting concept there. That's like a modern transitional type house, I think, Andy. Maybe you've heard some of their songs, Polka, Polka, Polka. I, I think I have. So. <laughs> you remember, what was that movie, uh, Home Alone? I just watched it, where they had John Candy, and he's talking to the mother going, maybe you've heard some of our stuff, Polka, Polka, Polka. <laughs> oh, my God. I got John Candy. I forgot how funny that guy is. Oh, oh I know. Oh, my God. I, that's why I love the holidays, because – all those old movies are just running sometimes on the, the weird TV shows. And I'll just click them on for five minutes. And yeah. oh, the trains bring you right back. Yeah. I started laughing so hard at that one too. Steve, it was uh, uh, Steve, uh, what's his name? Uh, Martin and uh, Candy. And oh trains, planes, and automobiles or whatever. Yes. yes. Nick, Nick and I had one of those trips one time. Oh my oh. gosh. It was unreal. It's, 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 ours was planes, trains. And buses. It oh, was wow. unbelievable. I, that, that's a long. That's a longer story. So I yeah, I bet. Yeah. All right, what do we got here? House below the street level. Oh, the amount of drainage, regrading, erosion management over the years is very costly. Houses. This house is on a hill, and while running stinks, because everyone ends with a steep uphill climb. We have none of the issues we've dealt for. I mean, nobody wants water issues. Uh, those are those are horrible. And uh, this, if you can't control them, I, just like they said, you'd you'd be fine walking up and you know up a steep hill and sliding down the driveway versus being flooded out. There's nothing worse. You know, but sometimes it's a lot, right? It's the the lot going down to the lake. Um, the roads up high and the lakes down low, and and you know that that I, around Lake Ida. Up in Alexandria, there's a couple of properties that are that way where I'm like, man, if it was icy, you'd end up in your living room. You know, they, they come straight down and then they do a little boop, boop, and then up into the garage just so the water runs down and goes around the house. But, oh, yeah, you that's part of that strategic planning um, when you're designing a house on a lot and picking the right lot for you because that's not for everybody. I, yeah. You know, it's not for the faint of heart going down that driveway and realizing it's icy. Um but would you pick what would you pick that over water in your basement all the time? I don't think I would. Uh, would I pick a steep driveway over water in my basement yeah. or what's the third option? Um building a moat. Moat. A moat. Okay. I, I think a moat would be fun. You could have, you know, your your fish swimming around. You would totally be a moat person. Oh yeah. Yours would be awesome. You'd have koi. I mean, you'd have that thing decorated perfectly. If you saw my backyard, I have a, I do have a koi pond that's kind of shaped like a half, a, like a C, and there's a patio in the middle. And I always thought, how cool would that be to set up a gazebo in the middle so it looks like it's water all around you, you know, and have it all lit up at night. And I just, I just kind of ran out of interest in the project. But it, well, it uh, your front, your front little area is one of the cooler ones I've seen, and that's just in the front half. Thank you. Yeah, take a I picture used, of that. I used to be uh, into that water. I know it was really. I mean, you made it so natural looking. So I think you 
I think you're on a hill that has bad drainage and you just, that's how you stopped it. And you it's just don't spring. want to disclose it's actually, it. I don't even turn it on. It's a natural spring. <laughs> totally. All right. I got some three big Minnesota news stories. Um, we'll knock Ooh. them out. But it's going to be brought to you by any Prasky preferred home team. Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing. 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales. I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call. Send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> I still got to do that for 2023, a new commercial. Yeah, I do too. I'm going to do one like Andy. Maybe I'll do one for Andy. You should. Yeah. Okay. Let's, what are we doing here? Mr. Lindahl, that's right, this lawsuit. I wonder how that is going. Um, that's a, Isn't that guy in Canada? Yeah, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. I don't know if copying is a is a claim for a lawsuit. I think if he's got it copywritten, and it, it should then also be said that it's copywritten. I'm not a copyright law attorney, but I I, I think there's a battle there where he's just going to threaten to sue him, and the guy will back off the advertising because he stole his idea. But ideas, unless you protect them or are willing to defend them, they're not. You know. Say say what you want about Mr. Lindahl and what he did there, but. That's that's still going to be the most recognizable real estate thing probably ever in the history of real estate marketing idea. I mean, because not only, I mean, it maybe it's not super unique and okay, that's whatever, but it's everywhere. And, yeah. and when you have a hundred billboards showing it and, and redoing it and people just hating on it and then people liking it and I mean, the guy sells stuff. I mean, that's just plain simple. Well, fact. You know, he didn't come up with the, the pose. I think it was Jesus uh, was the one that we are most recognizable for being on a cross. And Jesus sue him. a lot of people rip him off and say that that's what they're upset about when it first started, that they, he was acting like he was Jesus, you know, or something. And then it, I agree with you, though. It's, it's from the perspective of doing something consistently. You can't take that away from him. For doing something that people recognize, you can't take that away from him. But he wasn't the original. Um, you know, yeah, he wasn't, you think, you think Jesus is come and get him? Uh, there's a lawsuit pending up, uh, with Peter at the, uh, gates. I, he's he's going to have to answer. That's right. He's got some penance to do. Yeah. So. Uh, this next one, I think this is interesting for property value, especially in the North of uh, Minnesota. So this lady, tribal attorney, activist activist Tara Oska buys Rainy Lakes Bald Rock Point for 3.1 million. This is an international um falls. Falls. Yep. yep. I don't Andy, do you know where have you ever heard of that? I've actually fished off that point. Um, okay. Yeah, on Rainy Lake there. It's uh it, I'm I'm joking. I didn't I did I actually was in the can Canadian side, but there's a lot of points like this. And the reason why that's that much money is because it's 16 acres. So if you look to the right, you see all those docks. The the little cabin out on the point is one thing, but it's 16 acres. So it's it's a big piece of land. Those are probably all the docks with 
like a resort or something like that. Um, Cause you can up there, you can buy a resort for a million bucks. You don't need 3 million. So I don't know exactly what we're missing with that one photo, but. Um, Go uh, 2,500 feet of shoreline too. That's a lot. Yeah, of but you look at the points. I, I I've marketed peninsulas before too. Everybody's like, "Oh my god, twenty five hundred feet!" And then they realize they can't divide it into twenty five lots. And then they go, "Oh, you know, it's like a peninsula is a peninsula." There's your other cabins, and there you go. I'll tell it's you like what, Andy. I would love, I would love to market something like this because for the right people and to kind of create. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. this is a legacy type property. There you go. You know that you have that really that... cool houseboat. Sheesh. Yeah. It's probably that whole point right there. Yeah. 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 That. Yeah. That whole thing. I bet you're right. It's like your own compound. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. For a family, though, or a family legacy, that someone's got millions and millions of dollars. I mean, how cool is this to be able to have? And you know what? We'll do family reunions up there. Or hey, this is where we go for Thanksgiving. And it might be that's all you do with it. And, and maybe you, you have there. someone that stays on it. What's that? Or you live there. Or you could live there too. But there's what's going on there unless you got a helicopter pad to get the hell out of there. Well, do you have, um, do, do we know much detail? about? I mean, of course, on the real estate side of it, does it have a road accessing it? Or is it only by boat? Is it on the Minnesota side or is it on the Canadian side? What a lot of that goes into the. Oh, hey. I found this though. She's a, a tribal attorney so yep. for um, Native Americans and climate activism. And she was born in International Falls too. Oh, cool. Good for her. How did, how did she make all that money off being an activist or attorney too? Tribal Four attorney. An hour, baby. Land defender. Does it say politician anywhere? That be, that'll make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you look, you look at the different ways you can, you bill for lawsuits and you, if you can, you know, just like any client that's out there, you know, they, they pay well to be defended. Yeah, for her. yeah that's, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm not, that doesn't bother me at all. No. People have awesome. this illusion that there's supposed to be a nonprofit environment on some of this stuff. And it's like, yeah, good for her. I saw she was a climate activist too there, uh, Nick. I mean, so she would love the key in your little uh, electricity port there. And Andy's, Andy's three-minute showers. It's impressive. It's, uh, it's getting more popular. I'll tell you Is what she cool? wouldn't. She wouldn't like this. Um, oh. Radon testing during house sales declines nearly forty percent in Minnesota. What's going on with this? When I I seen that article, and I I think that was uh, during COVID, and the only reason that radon testing went down is because. People couldn't do inspections and I'll guarantee you people did it after the fact. And here's the thing with radon is that it's like $200 to test it. And it's like 1500 to put the system in. So it's not like it's a deal breaker. It's like, to me, every house that I, that I do and redo it, I just put it in the system. So I don't have any problems. I don't have to talk about it because I don't want that problem. And there is radon issues in Minnesota and you get a lot of false readings you have quick tests to be able to kind of get quick results, which sometimes aren't always true. So it's just like, just put it in, just put it in a system and then you're done. Yeah, you I've heard the same, like they, they claim it's in, in the area of breathing right now. 
you know, it's, it's everywhere. So it's just a matter of how much exposure you have to it. That's the key. And, you know, they were uh, one of the radon uh, professionals we had talked about when you have a, like a, a four or higher on your test results and you live in that lower level more than 12 hours a day, it's equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes. So it, it's not, it's not a fast, it's a slow, you know, hurt. It's it, it's so you exposure to it. You don't want to have, you know, the long-term exposure. You do want to get it out of there and you do want to stay healthy. The, the other thing you can do, you know, uh, an old secret, one of my inspectors told me was open your windows, get some fresh air moving through your house, you know, and that that's wintertime. It's a little tricky, but summertime, that's an easy thing to do. Hey, Andy, what is the, what is the process to have a radon test done? What is the one thing that they say you can't do? You, you're not supposed to move around. Or open the windows. Correct. Because <laughs> the radon goes outside. So that gives you a clue that might, Andy would. I have never said. had any of my, I, I object to you saying that any of my clients did that, open yeah. their windows or were in. <laughs> you can tell though. I've seen a test result. They showed me, I'm like, Oh my God, you can totally tell when they opened the window because everything went way down and then it shut, it went back up again. I mean, it was just yeah. pretty funny. So it is funny. Not funny. Not funny. That was, that was. Well, I mean, if you're having a test done, if somebody really does have some kind of a, a compromise on their lungs, you, you don't want to be, you know, I mean, like, like Chris said earlier, for under two grand, you can have it tested and usually eradicated or, or taken care of where it's under control, where it's healthy and safe for someone to, occupy that that property so you know for for the idea that we're going to sit there and for that hurt somebody it's it seems so crazy to me but uh, yep Have you had a few of those, Andy, that were like, hey, I'm just going to wait this market out and we'll just see what happens? Yeah, I keep telling everybody, you know, hey, if if, if uh, rates go down like you want, the prices are going to go up again. So you you can either pay the current prices, which have kind of leveled off a little bit and uh, call, cool down, if you will, and uh, and then refinance down the road versus, you know, waiting. Waiting doesn't do anything, anybody any good for anything because you're missing the appreciation opportunities that are there. Or, you know, whatever, because if you need a property to live in anyway, um, you know, like it, it, even comparing to rentals, rentals are not going to give you a fixed rate. Rentals are continuing to go up. They're anticipating rentals to go up again, like 9% this year again, nationally. So, you know, guys, th there's no guarantees with rentals either, other than you can guarantee yourself they're going to keep asking you for more money till the point of where you can't pay it. Um, so you might as well get locked into a property that you can own long term. So you have an asset that eventually is paid off that you can sell down the road. Um, you know, take advantage of all the tax advantages and the, um, wait, waiting is not your friend in real estate. Usually it's the opposite. Yeah. All right. He's playing with a switch again. That's yeah. What is it? He had to, he had to turn the lights. I'm sure they're uh, talking about last March. It is interesting when you're doing uh, market analysis and stuff and what you use and what you don't use uh, for comps, for sure. Because people are saying, well, that one sold for this. Well, yeah, that was, they also had 78 offers and someone kind of outreached their 
everyone's coverage and and went crazy and, and grabbed it at that. I, so, I did a market analysis yesterday, Chris, where just to give you an example, it was on a townhouse. And last March, the unit uh, went into multiples and sold for 325000 was listed at uh, 310 Now that same property, I'm suggesting that we list at 289 And because that's where it was at. And they just, the neighbor before them, all the other comps that were in the area, and, and, the, last, and the last one that just sold one for 250 And it's like, the market's all over the place right now. So what you have to do is you really have to look at the recent comps not, not like you said, not the ones from earlier in the year where they went crazy because you're, you're not going to get 325. You know, if you list that 299, you might get a couple people fighting over it and get 310 or 305. And, and then you still have to deal with the appraisal issue because the last comp, like I said, just sold for 250. So somebody sold quick and just went for, you know, these cash offers. Cash offers right now, that's what they look like. They're low and people are taking them when they go in to deal with the listing. Call me, by the way, if you want to sell that cheap. My goodness. Yeah, some people are getting desperate. Realtors will post on social media a big announcement coming and then announce that they're making a lateral move to another brokerage that isn't going to charge them desk fees or something. Oh, that's good. The 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 attraction is happening. It's been happening probably since November and it'll happen through January. Well, people will flip and flop and and think they're going somewhere that's going to really help them make the next move. And, you know, it's generally, though, I would say, you know, there's sometimes, hey, you make moves and, and it works out really well for you. But I think you got to do them for the right reason and uh, not not just for desk fees, per se, but for what you need help in. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, the, the brokerages are are really tight. You know, they don't make a lot of money off their agents. They really don't. Everyone thinks that the broker and the real estate company makes a lot, and they and they don't. And, and so by you thinking you're going to go somewhere, I mean, they need to get bigger. They need to get numbers to be able to get money. So the less money you make on individuals, you need more people to be able to make that same amount of money. So yeah. you might just be that's, – that's why I think a lot of people sh should go on like a team, you know, where there's a little, a little benefit and – individually you know a brokerage that might be huge and there's just you there's the little guy right there versus maybe you're being on the team and you're one of those just might get a little better help in the words of tlc don't go chasing waterfalls yeah yeah you know the, hey the the thing that everybody likes to do is everybody likes to blame the broker and oh i'm not successful because of my broker come on I mean, honestly, you you do need, in, in my opinion, you do need to find a broker like a coach that helps you with the things that you're weak at or can provide you with coaching where you need it or inspiration or whatever. But on the other hand, at the end of the day, if you're worried about what a broker's making on you, why would you not open up your own brokerage? Open up the Andy Prasky Real Estate Company and then, you know, but then you've got training, you've got overhead. Weird. Um, and now when you look at the broker model that you're currently in and you go, it's about a toss. And so why don't you focus on helping your clients and helping more clients and then you become more profitable? That's the, that's the focus that most agents miss the point of. I can't believe I didn't figure this out. Andy Prasky Brokers. That's what that AP is about, Dick. In that back corner he's got. AP, baby. Andy Prasky Brokerage. AP Brokerage. Andy's starting his own brokerage. I love it. APRE. Okay, nice. You got to get those letters. You forgot those. Those aren't on sale yet. I'm waiting for 
Okay. This is subliminal message you're doing. I'm just saying. Well, they just showed everybody how we do our sizzle, Chris. I guess I, that that was nice sizzle, though. I liked how that turned out. Yeah, I wish I could do any part of that, actually. Well, but you know, think about this, though. the The idea there is with the listing is getting the maximum amount of exposure that you possibly can, and teasing that to audiences that maybe never would have thought of that. So I don't know why the corner of a couch and a window would be attractive to somebody. But for somebody, maybe that's, ooh, that looks, that corner of that couch and that view kind of out a window looks cool. Well, or is it the colors that stimulate you or whatever it is? The idea there is, is that it, it's pulling you in and it's making somebody that maybe wasn't interested in looking at it to saying, you know, maybe I'll look at the photos. And and that's the idea of, of you know, creative is, marketing today. I is guess. it, Andy, is it the house? Is it about the house or is it about the agent? That's the, I think that's the question on that one. If you well, look you know, like, I mean, if you go back and you look at what they were doing there, I mean, I, I've wondered a lot about those, you know, um, ads where they run where, see, you and I are very like black and white. We want to see the house, the square footage, the bedrooms, the bathrooms. We calculate what it's worth. We look at the views. We're, we're very analytical about how we establish value on a property, but from, I think a lot of buyers start on the emotional scale, right? We're, we're on the, on, you know, and they, so they trigger that emotion, get that response. And then people come running because they want to see more of what made them feel good. hundred percent. That it's aesthetic. That's what they're doing. And they, they usually put a link in there. So you see, Oh, this is a cool photo. And I want to see more. Is there more bedrooms? How big is this place? Is it a studio? What is it? And they click the link and that's all they're trying to do is get you to go through the funnel. That's the yep. key to all the social media. We, we learned that the hard way in our company because we a lot of times used to run ads and then you you throw up all over everywhere. You tell them everything and show them all the photos and you wouldn't get a response from those ads. And so you get to the point of where you have to run ads that tease um, so they can come in and then you can actually, what's kind of cool is a lot of people don't realize this, Chris. I know uh, a lot of people don't, but when you click on that page, then there's a pixel that actually clicks you. When you, by clicking those links, you're connecting a pixel to you and so then they can keep running ads about that house to you because you're interested in it. It's a great way to continually bring back the same property to someone, re-engage with someone. Hey, maybe it's a new price or an open house or whatever. And don't tell them. Okay, strike that. Pull that off the tape. Uh, edit, Nick. Edit, please. We're not supposed edit, to tell edit. people that. Because then everyone will figure out what I've been doing lately. Yeah. All right, I'm purchasing this townhome that was built in 2020 for 560. The lender's title insurance is 1650, which I understand is required because it's on the loan amount. But there's an additional charge for owner's title insurance at 1600. I'm a first-time home buyer, so I don't understand these charges. But is it necessary for a townhome that was just built in 2020? The answer is yes. It's not about the townhouse; it's about whatever happened on that property, really, for the last 40 years. Um, so. 
what owner's title insurance does, it protects your equity in the property. So if there's ever an issue, ever an issue that went back to, now if you created a title issue, that's a different story. But if there's ever something like the builder um, went through foreclosure, but there was some documentation that was not filled out right when the second developer went out of business and then that builder did something wrong and something just wasn't, the chain of title wasn't correct. All of a sudden now, when you go to sell it, it pulls up and says, hey, they, they might not even own this townhouse. At that point, you need owner's title insurance because that protects you. And when we're talking about lender's title insurance, that protects the mortgage. So the mortgage is fine, but for $1,600, and if it's $1,600, you've got a lot of equity in there because if it's a, if it's a you don't have much equity in there at the beginning, um, and by the way, it grows with your equity. The, the mortgage insurance policy does, owner's title policy does. But if you if you don't have a lot of equity, that it might be two hundred and fifty dollars. And if you have a ton of equity in it, it might be sixteen hundred dollars. So well, well worth um, what five hours worth of attorney fees right there. So I, I've actually I haven't seen a lot of mortgage companies requiring insurance on the title. I've seen mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it, it said title. I've never seen a mortgage company require us to buy a title insurance policy for them. Um, at least, you know, unless it was some kind of a weird estate or something. But mortgage insurance is different. No, I didn't. No, I'm, I'm talking about the title policy. You have yeah, owners. Yeah. You have a policy that covers you on the mortgage, and there's gotcha. you have to do that. Your title policy they they require that, and they're just hitting um, you with an upfront fee, so you don't have to pay it monthly. Yeah. Mortgage insurance and title is totally different. What I'd recommend to that individual though, is that they have where the closing costs are getting too high and they don't have the ability to finance the closing costs, meaning raise the purchase price, or they don't have any other resources. Sometimes mortgage insurance, unfortunately, um, you can pay it monthly until you achieve a 20% equity position. Um, in that situation, they were having them pay it up front, a one-time fee up front, and then it's covered. And that's for the gap between 80% and 20% that you put down you're only putting five percent down. They're they're insuring that fifteen percent. Um, so if I'm if I'm reading that correctly. So anyway, long story short, if you can't afford it up front, they can smear that over. You know, five years or whatever, increase your payment we're, by a couple. We're of actually talking time. about two different things because I I'm taking it from a lender's policy that you have to you have to you have to have title insurance against that policy, whether or not how much money you put down. That's mortgage insurance. This is a, a, a title policy, and then. Obviously, if you want owner's title insurance as well, that you you can pay for that. And I think that's what this is saying, but mm -hmm. it might not be reading. We might be both reading it a different way. Yeah, I read it. Well, that's okay. Then you got two perspectives. That's good for good for the listener. It's how those title companies make all their money, Andy. They they do drive nice cars. I've they noticed do. that. They do have nice cars. So many different insurance and different things in real estate crazy well yeah three homeowners insurance which covers if the place burns down mortgage insurance if you don't have 20 percent down uh, sometimes you can get away with it with 10 percent down and then a lender's policy and an owner's policy i guess, I guess there's four What's up, guys? I'm here in Wilton, Connecticut right now showing a property, and I want to show you how to maintain your deck properly. Take a look. This is how you absolutely don't maintain a deck. What in the... Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> this beautiful property is on the market for $399,000. Are you a buyer? This is the type of stuff you want to run very quickly from. Leave a comment below. Let me know what you think. Like, share, and follow for more. I think, Andy, that's why they have ledger boards for decks. Right there. I tell you, I don't know. I've never seen one where the deck's been laying in the yard. Um, yeah. Yeah, you got to clean that up. I would have a, I would have, before I listed that property, would have had that removed and had the holes, open gaping holes in the side of the house patched. Yeah. yeah. Or had a massive bonfire before, before. That might have caught, uh, the, house on, might have caught the house on fire so you could use your homeowner's insurance. Just saying. Total mistake. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you guys got coming up? Let's get some good news here going into 2023. Um, listings, anything exciting coming? Yeah, but uh, is, when it's not signed, so in the real estate business, we can't discuss things unless it's actually signed, and then, then we can talk about it. But um, I don't know. I, I think we're going to have... I've, I feel really good about it myself. I'm always pretty optimistic. I'm hoping that the rates don't go uh, too crazy because that is going to hold some people back. But um, going into this new year, it's it's positive already. So, And I think people got to just get comfortable again and hopefully things settle down just a little and um, we start kind of living life and that it it's consumer confidence. Everything is, is based on what the consumers are thinking and, you know, paying $7 for eggs. I just saw that the other day. I couldn't believe it. I almost fell over. I'm like, what? These are, I can't remember what they used to be, but it reminds me of like what gas, I think weren't the, the good eggs kind of like the, you know, the, not the, the white ones, but the other ones, they were like three ninety nine. I thought. And yeah. the other ones were like 99 cents. So now they're like seven bucks. I thought, I remember when I was in high school and we used to go out and use lots of eggs to show our display of un, uh, unlikely or uncomfortableness with others. Um, the uh, the eggs, I think they were a buck a, a buck a tray. Yeah, yeah. Not that we'd ever buy them or do that. No. They're quick tray. Um, no, it never. But you guys are paying seven dollars for a thing of eggs. Yeah, that's what it is right now. I'm getting that's four big meals for ten dollars over yeah. here in Southeast Asia. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we all we all bit on this whole inflation's okay thing, and everybody needs to make ninety bucks an hour thing. And well, there's it, some it, chicken just need flu. A little adjustment time there, Nick. I think we, the chickens are getting COVID or something. They said there's some chicken disease or something. It, it still blows me away though that beyond that, like you go to a restaurant and they don't even act embarrassed when they ask you eighteen dollars for a hamburger and French fries. No, and you're like, is this made out of magic stuff? I mean, what what's going on here, guys? You know, and and people are still going. And they're fine with a, a waiter or waitress coming, you know, once to get their order and then never see them again. Go get your own silverware, go do everything, and then tip them on top of that. Well, there's a wellness fee on there too now. There's a yeah. 3% wellness fee on your bill. And <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding you guys. I started paying cash because they give me 3% off. I, I'm all for it, but here's the thing. Then let's all play by the same rules. If we're going to pay for all of their stuff, you know what I mean? Which is fine. I get it. You, you you deserve that. You know, you have a career. But on the other hand, then then they shouldn't be making 20% on a tip. If you're going to be doing wellness tips, then do you tip 
because they're already let's, getting let's start a real estate agency over here. Let's move your guys' business over we here. Don't get a wellness fee. Mang Chai. We're going to Mang Chai, Andy. <laughs> your your new hat, your That's new hat will fit in well. And we're chicken or beef. Mang Chai. Chicken or beef. Chicken. They like the big old white guys over here. Trust me. Why is that? <laughs> they do. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it because Chubby's a sign of wealth? Then Chris and I would be rich. I'll tell you what, this this show is getting more to the, the part of that like it's close to being taken off the air. The, the things that we talk about. No. But that's fine. Well, I'm the smartest guy in real estate. Uh. <laughs> All right. Everybody, give us a review on iTunes. <laughs> What's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? I'm kidding. Come on now. He did the close up and then threw it to the throw off. Nick, use know. that picture. <laughs> Screenshot that baby. <laughs> I'm just giving you ammo. You better not use it. Oh, iTunes, Spotify, give us a review. Subscribe on YouTube. Three digestible clips a week on Facebook and YouTube. Send us in any questions you have, and we'll see you next week. Happy New Year, guys. <laughs> I think I don't know. How to... Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities. <laughs>